0: Welcome to Living Fullness, a podcast where two unusual friends explore all things friendships, relationships and the Christian life. My name is Dina Constantine
1: and I'm Father Sean Burns and each month we bring you a guest, someone who will share their experience and strengths with us, helping us to learn, grow and live life to the full. Welcome to the, uh, the Living Fullness Podcast. Uh, this week we have a very special guest with us. So, Steena, would you like to introduce...
0: Absolutely. We have a wonderful guest on the podcast today. Her name is Elizabeth Silasco. She studied fine arts at the School of Visual Arts in Manhattan before attending the Prosopon School of Iconology, where she studied traditional Russian Orthodox iconography. She moved to Denver to finish her Bachelor of Fine Arts degree at Rocky Mountain College of Art and Design, graduating as valedictorian of her class. Elizabeth works with Catholic publishers and institutions, creating commission pieces, and she she gives talks on the theological aspects and material processes of writing a traditional icon. Um, Elizabeth also creates privately commissioned icons, paintings, and drawings as well. So Elizabeth Zalasco, welcome to the Living Fullness podcast.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, what a nice introduction. Yeah, it's good to be here with you guys.
0: So delighted to have you here. Yeah. Absolutely delighted. Yeah. In the winter storm of Colorado. <laughs> The absolute opposite of seasons meeting here. Yeah, <laughs> I guess to start with maybe, maybe if we can start with Elizabeth, if you could start by telling us a little bit more about yourself uh, and perhaps where iconography sort of fits in to that. Where where was your encounter with iconography and why oh, does absolutely. it matter to you?
2: Yeah, yeah. So um, my mom's a painter and her father was a painter and her brother's a painter. So it just was always kind of in the house. We I grew up in I mean, and I consider it a great blessing, but I, I grew up in a house that nurtured the artistic soul of <laughs> I mean it really it was mm. very nurturing in that way. Um, and so I grew up watching my mom paint. I would just sit on her lap and watch her paint. So it was always a part of my my childhood. Um, and I happened to go to a school that actually had a special art program, which I think is nowadays they're I've heard of so many schools just getting rid of art programs altogether, Um, you know, maybe they're, they're looking at them as though they're frivolous and they're really not. But uh, um, yeah, that really affected me just having that, having that outlet um, was really powerful growing up. So I knew that, I mean, growing up in New Jersey, I just had my eyes on New York city. It's like, that's just the dream, you know, the, the New York city artist dream was just kind of just right, right across the river, just waiting for me, you know? Um, and so, uh, see, I was raised born and raised Catholic, loved my faith, had a very fiery faith, loved, loved, um, my memories of childhood and God are very warm, very, very nurturing, very loving. Um, But like most wayward children, you know, I kind of went off the path and had a long story of wiggling, (laughs) wiggling my way back. Um, But so it was really through many different, many different things God was calling me back, but um, it kind of came to a head when I found iconography Um, and I really felt that not only was I called to be an artist, but I was called to be an iconographer also, or or a religious artist, if you will, because I don't only do icons, but um, but it was a certain, it was an encounter. It was definitely an encounter. There was one moment in time. I mean, maybe your own stories are similar where you can see God calling you back in many different ways, but then there is just like certain highlights, Mm -hmm. certain points, you know? Um, My brother was working in Wisconsin of all places I mean, I could have encountered icons many different places in New York City at the time or New Jersey, you know. Um, But Wisconsin, I was in front of this icon of the Sacred Heart, which isn't a traditional icon, actually. It's more of a Roman, Uh a Roman rite, you know, meditation. So so it was an interesting icon to be in front of. But I just, I think it was the first time that I saw an icon made by hand. So it wasn't a print of an icon. Um, and I think that's a very powerful experience being in front of something that's hand done. Mm. So when you're, I, I kind of relate it to the, to, um, you know, going to a concert versus listening to that band on a CD in your car. So mm. it's, it's very, it's very tactile. It's like you can mm. imagine being there or you're there. And so I had this moment of like, I'm here. Like I, ju- for some reason, it was just the material and um, just the tactileness and the. It was inside of this church. It was a the, uh, in La Crosse, Wisconsin. It was inside of the church, and it was just very romantically lit. It was dim, and there was candles, and I just felt like, oh, I just felt sucked into this image, and and thought somebody made that, like a human, made that, you know, and if they made that, then I could find out how to make that, you know, Mm, (laughs) here I am an mm. artist in New York city and I'm, I'm kind of like just dying inside because I felt as though they weren't teaching me enough. You know, there was not the classical tradition of teaching, you know, so it was just very contemporary and, and I was just really feeling at a loss. I just felt kind of like, I know there's more, I know there's more out there and, And seeing that icon, it was kind of like God was saying, there is more. There's so Mm. much more. And so when I went back home, um, I just... Thank God. I think Google was around at the time, you know, and I was like, (laughs) how do I learn iconography? And it was like, New York City, you're already there. And I was like, great, I'm already there. So I called Mm -hmm. the lady whose number came up and it was the Prosopon School of Iconology. And she was like, yeah, you can, it's an open studio. You can, you can come and you can learn how to do icons. And it just, it blew me away so much that I left, I left the school of visual arts, which is a fine school, but it, but it's a, it's a modern, it's a modern style of teaching art for sure. Um but yeah I left I left the School of Visual Arts and studied iconography for a couple of years and um and that's that's what I do now. I mean I just really love it. But yeah, I had I had no even as a Catholic, grew up Catholic, I had no idea how much went into making the sacred art. No idea, you know. Mm. Mm. So that's the longer, shorter for whatever (laughs) there's a lot more version than that. Yeah.
0: It's just the way it is isn't it? It's always a personal encounter when you when um oh. when he calls you to a particular a particular path a particular vocation. It's so personal. Yeah. Um yeah. and I okay. resonate so much with what you said, you know, having been brought up but still not not understanding the process. And I still don't understand. I still don't understand really the process of iconography and writing an icon, Mm. but the little Mm. that I've heard has blown my mind. (laughs) So I can only imagine, I can only imagine (laughs) what that's like.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was incredible because you're just, I mean, you're, as you're making, I mean, if you have access to any of these classes, you don't have to be an artist to, to take a class. I mean, in fact, my teacher was like, it's always easier to teach non-artists because artists always come in with like well, I think it should look this way, <laughs> you know? Ah, <laughs> but, uh,
1: yeah. see, us non-artists are just like, tell me how it's meant to look. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes. Right. Yeah. So it's very much a visual tradition. It's not there's really very little freedom in it. Um, there's a little bit. I mean, there's a tiny bit of freedom, but it's not not as much as we have in the in the West, you know. Um yeah. Yeah. And you can think, I mean, if you recall, I mean, you think of, um, and we could start talking about that, too, if you want the difference between like religious art and sacred art. But if you think of like the yeah. Sistine Chapel, think of Michelangelo and Raphael, mm. like these are all gifts of the church. Like the, the Western art is a gift. Classical art is a gift to the world. And it's beautiful. And the amount of expression is beautiful. It still has a certain visual canon, right? There's certain things that we shouldn't see. Um, mm. You know, Mary represented a certain way. So there's still rules in the West, but it's just that the rules are in the East are much more specific in how the icon is made, what materials you use and mm. what the visual canon is for the for the images. So, yeah, it's, it's just super biblical. It's basically the Bible in visual form. That's what it is. Mm. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the that. very so first pro- time, sorry, you were saying Elizabeth. Oh no, no, you go on. Go on. Oh no, I was just going to say, I think the very first time that I encountered your work was the work that was commissioned by the Augustine Institute. Um,
2: oh, for you yeah. to do the
0: annunciation which was right. huge. I mean, I didn't quite realize yeah. the scale of it until I saw a couple of people standing in front of the yeah. painting as <laughs> yeah. it was being revealed, uh, in front of the icon as it was being revealed. So I thought, oh wow, yeah. okay, it's a lot bigger than the little screen on my phone oh, tells know. me. <laughs> it's yeah. huge.
2: And that kind of goes back to that same thing of like, we can see a Van Gogh in a, in a, you know, an art history book, but if you've ever been in front of a Van Gogh, it's mm. like, it's electric. I mean, it, no wonder the man is so popular so many years mm-hmm. later. But like his paintings have a certain electricity about them that just doesn't come across. And not not relating my work to Van Gogh. Okay, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> sure. There, but, but no, it's way different. Seeing a picture of it's that initiation true. piece yeah. instead yeah. of being in front of it, it's a very different experience. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, that was. My, I'm in my studio right now, and if if you saw the fullness of it, you'd be really surprised that that painting came out of this small. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, okay, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, I had to move a lot of furniture around, and um, but yeah, God, God bless the guess, institute. They they really are. They're such um, such a gift to the world, and uh, they've been a gift to me too. Just yeah, they. That's where I met my husband. So my husband went there.
0: Ah. Oh yeah okay. beautiful
2: yeah so I've known them for a, for a while so oh, it's, wonderful
0: yeah, it's good stuff what's your husband's yeah. name joseph Celesto. oh beautiful beautiful yeah. wonderful yeah yeah brilliant
1: yeah while we're talking about icons um because i i've I've just seen today for the first time the icon that you painted for uh for painted sorry wrote uh very oh, western it's... of me uh so <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it's.
2: I think it's totally okay. By the way, I mean, I know that there's some people that are very, very rigid. I've actually heard that. I've read this a couple different places where um, the the word "right" is actually just like a, a translation issue. Um, so it it might have been because because a, a painter paints a fence, and an artist is the author of an image. So and again.
1: Yeah, I don't yeah. Think any, like, I think that's really interesting. I think that's that, yeah. that's because my my next question to you was, well, what's the contrast between painting and writing in 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 the context of art? Because it's always struck me when someone says you paint a a um, a religious painting, but you write an icon. When someone has said that to me, I must admit my Western sensibilities do tend to arc up a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because the the presumption is that there's no theology behind the Western artwork, which is, frankly, a, a, a false presumption. Uh, sure. So I've 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 have wanted to ask the question to someone who knows what they're talking about with iconography, <laughs> yeah. from donkey's ages. Yeah. What yeah. <laughs> the go is between sorry Australian idiom donkey's ages? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, look. Um, uh, any thoughts that you could? You've already offered some significant thoughts there, but any further thoughts you could offer would be very uh, uh, yeah. welcome.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I mean, what I just shared, right? I heard I've researched it enough that it seems as though it might have just been like a translation issue, mm. um, and that 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 just kind of stuck. Or there's other thoughts out there is that, yeah, no, you have to say write because it's basically the Bible. It's the Bible in images and you don't paint the Bible, you write the Bible. Mm. Um, or it was written, I suppose. Mm-hmm. You don't write it again today, but you, you know what I'm saying.
0: Um,
2: but yeah, um so that's, I think it's still, it's paint though. So I think it's not, you're not going to um go to iconography purgatory if you say... <laughs> You know, there's just people like to be sticklers about things. And I'm just, mm. you know, I don't think that that's a really great way forward. But if you want to yeah. say right, I mean, if you want to say right, you say right. If you want to say paint, I don't think anybody should mm. should slap your hand or anything. No. Um, I think right kind of, I think it helps just in, in setting it apart, though, because mm. it is so different. Very from unique, isn't it? Art, yeah. you know, it's so unique and it's so different from. It's not necessarily a work of art so it's yeah. like well what is it then? you know mm. like Definitely. so I think that saying right does set it apart in that way not better than but different than
1: yeah yeah and and this is actually um, the difference part I think is important because it's uh, I'm a big fan of Ratzinger and one of the things that that he was huge on particularly as Pope was that we learned to in his words breathe with both lungs uh right. that, that that we learn to 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 appreciate the values and the the the, the offerings of both east and west uh mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, iconography actually strikes me as a very practical way to do that
2: mm, yeah yeah to bring it into the church i think that um the there's there's problems just that I see. I mean, this is maybe another conversation, but the the problem that I see is that it isn't our visual tradition. So sometimes it can be done wrong or we mm-hmm. bring in maybe not very super high quality icons because we're not trained to realize which ones are good or which ones are bad. Mm. Mm. Um, so that could be a little bit of a danger of bringing something that is from the East into a Western space, so sure. to say. So, um, So but I think that there's uh, I mean, hence why I I like to talk about it, because I (laughs) and I've taught classes and I've I've done little workshops and stuff because um, I just think it's a really it it does add value. It is a part of our tradition. I mean, you know, the um, I I don't have like a screen share thing here, but there's there's several different um, churches within the Catholic Church and many of them. Use iconography. So it's not like some foreign, it's not some Orthodox
1: no, thing. No.
2: It's very much within our Catholic Church. It's a part of our tradition. So mm. you think of like the Armenian Catholic Church, the Ukrainian Catholic Church, the yes. Byzantine Catholic Church. We have so much richness under our roof. Mm. Um, but yeah, a lot of it can be misunderstood between the Roman Rite and, um, and the mm. Eastern Rites, for sure. Yeah, so I think just you know more more conversations and and more exposure and um more access to you know maybe better places to buy the icons online or more exposure to artists who are maybe Roman and and creating them and um mm. I mean you I mean thank you for having me on your show
1: you know mm. <laughs> it's awesome yeah yeah it's it's, it's great yeah. to hear.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. It's really good. It's good to ask artists to um share their stuff because we're we're really trying to add beauty to our church and
1: um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. God bless you. Absolutely. For lifting
0: us up, you know. I was just gonna say there's so much distortion. Mm -hmm. We really do need opportunity for people to be able to showcase what real beauty looks like in a world that's forgotten because of all of the distractions that we're facing. So, you know. Just as yeah. I'm I'm hearing you say, you know, thank you so much for the platform, but thank you for doing the work that you do, for bringing that beauty into the world, for allowing yeah. people yeah. to be on counter God in a different way. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, it's so, I think, you know, the, we're just so inundated by images today and I feel like, um, not enough holy ones, though. <laughs> I mean, people think of how powerful imagery I mean, imagery is so powerful. Yeah. It's so powerful that we can become addicted. Our brains are literally what? treating them as drug because of how much we can consume it and we take it into ourselves and it, it becomes a part of our longing and our, you know, um, wanting to scroll and wanting, you know, to seek out these things. And yeah. um, it's just so... I think that God has given us a great healing bomb with all of the artwork that the church lifts up. Um, so hence even like, I mean, we we totally could have gone the route, right? I mean, if Jesus didn't come, I mean, we could have still stayed in the sort of don't make it graven images. and um, But because of the incarnation, God's like, no, 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 Im- images are good. And thank God, right? It changes everything. So it's um, it's so it's such a healing bomb. And I think especially for our, for our generation, I mean, humans have never been so exposed to imagery as, as our generation has. I mean, I think we really only kind of, we barely know the consequences Mm. of it. You know, Mm. I think in another 50 years, we might look back and be like, Oh Lord, what did we do?
0: (laughs) Mm. What did we
2: do? Mm. You know, um, but God always offers us a solution in the midst of, of it. And I really do. I I even think ad- adoration, I think is such a healing bomb too, because it, mm. he just, he's there in the Eucharist and you sit there and you're silent. I mean, who, where in our culture can you find that much <laughs> beauty and silence at the same time, you know?
0: So anyway, that's so true. Yeah. So true. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess. Maybe we can talk a little bit. Maybe you could speak a little bit to us about the process then of writing an icon and of creating a piece. Um, Perhaps even beginning with my understanding is that there's quite a prayerful component even prior to beginning something new. So maybe even beginning there, if you can walk us through what some of those steps might look like.
2: Yeah. So I have the, I always have this prayer written out in my studio I mean, I memorize it at this. I have it right now. So, um, and I can send this to you guys too, if you want. Um, sure. Listeners. Really yeah, beautiful. Absolutely. So this is the prayer before beginning an icon. And honestly, even when I do uh, Western style stuff, um, I'll still use this prayer um, just because I think it's beautiful. It's really important to pray before you, you're making imagery that, is to bring people closer to God. So it's kind of, that's a, that's a hefty, uh, load to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Definitely. So, um, so, so let's see, where can I start there? It's a little bit longer than that. This is just, there's three different parts. You say the, our father in the middle, but I'll just say, this is the specific prayer. That's for iconography. Um, so it says, "O divine Lord of all that exists. You have illumined the apostle and evangelist Luke with your most Holy spirit thereby enabling him to represent the most holy mother, the one who held you in her arms and said, the grace of him who has been born of me is spread throughout the world. Enlighten and direct my soul, my heart, and my spirit. Guide the hands of your unworthy servant so that I may worthily and perfectly portray your icon, that of your holy mother and of all the saints, for the glory, joy, and adornment of your holy church. Forgive my sins and the sins of those who will venerate these icons and who, standing devoutly before them, give homage to those they represent. Protect them from all evil and instruct them with good counsel. This I ask through the prayers of the Most Holy Theotokos, the Apostle Luke, and all the saints, now and ever, and unto ages of ages. Amen. Um, and just for those who are listening that might not know, the Holy Theotokos is Mother Mary, so that's just a, a title that they, they, they use that. It just means Holy, Holy Mother of God. Um, But isn't that a beautiful prayer? I just feel like it does. Again, it kind of goes back to the difference between maybe something that's, um, you know, Western versus Eastern, Um, the very specific prayer that goes into every time I begin work on this thing, I'm praying for the person that's going to be in front of it. Hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And that must just open a floodgate. You know what I'm saying? Like, And and again, not that not that Western work doesn't do the same thing of opening up, but um, just that there's just grace in that. There's grace in these very specific prayers that have been handed down through this tradition. Um, And how beautiful, I mean, protect them Mm. from all evil and instruct them with good counsel. Like, you know, praise God. But just that, so that, you know, like when you're in front of an icon, somebody has prayed for you. There's prayers that have been said for you as you approach this image. I mean, that's, really changes the experience knowing that that's kind of how how it started how it you know Mm. the the, yeah Yeah. the history of the of the image
0: there's something very different about knowing when you stand before a, a piece of work that you know that the artist has prayed whilst they've created this image there's there's a sense of um there's there's almost like a an emotional appreciation that you can have for the artist and for what they've been able to pour into that it's a whole other thing to know that the artist themselves in that very process has prayed for you specifically in that moment as your encounter that that changes everything that changes everything Yeah. Mm. yeah
2: and prayer shouldn't really be you know we tend to look at prayers like oh yeah I'll pray for you or yeah, you know, oh, all <laughs> prayers and thoughts. Sort of like, meh, you know, it just it's so easy to just throw that word around. Sort but it really rolls
1: yeah. off the tongue, huh?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like it it really is this very real, powerful mm. expression that that works. It is a powerful work to, to put words out into the universe and to, you know, that, that are God's words. I mean, it's not just me saying, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do, I'll do that or or this, or I won't, you know? Um, I remember listening to some talk that this, um, Benedictine monk, I guess you'd call him a monk. Yeah. Benedictine monk was, was talking about how when people come and visit the abbey or monastery, I'm not entirely too sure what word to use there either, but when people would come, they would say, gosh, I just feel like it just feels so peaceful here. And he was like, well, what did you expect? There's been people (laughs) praying here for like centuries. Like you don't think it's gonna permeate something, you know, like, I mean, and God is here, like God is here. So I think that, um, I think it really, you can't, I think that's what I felt in front of that icon in Wisconsin was those prayers. I mean, and I, and that was an open door for me to receive that word of like, you can, you should go do this. I want, you know, like, like mm. I'm inviting you to, to go learn how to do this. And it just was, mm. it was just that fire, you know? Mm. Um, so I have my guardian angel icon. I don't, I don't have a ton that I've done at home because they're, you know, I don't hoard my own work or anything. I can't, <laughs> you know, but I do, I have kept this one um, because it's just one of my favorite icons. It's the, um, the guardian angel. Oh. So this is, this is a, a traditional Russian Orthodox icon mm-hmm. um, and I, I love it I love it because it's the guardian angels guarding over the soul so so yeah so it's the the soul is being guarded by the angel um, so the the ideal see there's there's so much I mean this I could talk for an hour just on how this was made so a condensed version would be that it's on wood there's a certain type of gesso. A gesso is like, do you ever paint a wall and you have to prime it first? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gesso is a primer. So, so if you just put paint on wood, it's porous. So the paint would just, you yes. know, just get sucked up. So there has to be a, there's always something practical, practical about icons, but then a layer of like theology that goes along with it. So practically speaking, like it ha- we have to have gesso. Um, the whole icon wants to be like it, it because it's tradition handed down. The materials that we use are very traditional. So, re, like, uh, Renaissance paintings were done in a similar way with a similar gesso and egg tempera painting, right? Egg tempera paint, which is just ground up pigment and then an egg and wine emulsion that you make. And you're basically making your own paint out of powder, oh. powder, powder, and liquid. Okay. And so, those two things together makes paint. And so we basically make our own paint to make the icons. And that's why they take so long because it's just not something, I can't go to the store and be like, you know, burnt umber. And tube, just, yeah. you know, here's my burn That'd be so nice, but, but it's just not the way that they work. So, um, it's a powder, a colored powder. Um, so after the gesso goes on, let's see the first, the first thing that goes on is this, um, it's a it's a clay. It's a liquid clay that's this red color. And you put it on underneath the halo. And this is my favorite part. Like if I was going to dig into anything with you guys it would be this because I think this is just like this is cream of the crop theology. So, you put the liquid clay that's this color underneath the halo. And you you burnish it, you sand it. It's a really long process. You should look it up on on YouTube because it's really fun to watch. But <laughs> So this is like the red clay of Adam. This is like Adam being pulled out of the earth, okay. And so we need this clay in order to hold the gold leaf, which is like God, okay. So body good, spirit good, right? We have to have the clay, or else we can't have
1: grace. Builds on nature. Like
2: to hold like God with, right? So it's these this um this beautiful process of moistening the when you want to moisten the clay you have to breathe on the clay and and we we do that in like in little areas three times so like father son holy spirit i'm just breathing with a real hot like a like you're really the heat the heat of your mouth is moistening the clay and then you lay the gold
0: leaf down and then it's here it's totally
2: totally it becomes one with the with the clay at that point
0: I have yeah. tears as you're speaking, flowing like I'm so moved, so moved.
2: It's so beautiful. I mean, it's man, you know, it's, mm. so anyway, so if you look closely, you can see that there's a red line around the halo.
1: Mm.
2: You guys yeah. see that? I'm holding that correctly. So that's called the, the alpha line. So it's the first line of, of pigment that goes on and it's, they, they call it the, the marriage line. Or um, the the red crown of martyrdom. Okay, because mm-hmm. before this point, it's just the wood of the of the icon, the gesso, the clay, the gold. It's these materials, and now from here on out, it's going to be all pigment. So it's these two things being joined together now. So it's like the marriage of these two things, um, and they, she called it the red the red crown of martyrdom because the icon essentially has to, you know, die to itself, which is kind of what marriage is, right? Um, It has to die to itself in order to become this image of God. So it can't remain white anymore. It can't just, it just can't remain what it is. It has to die. So, so that's what they call. So, so that's like the opening up of the icon in a sense. Um, The, the first layer is called rose rosecrush which means to open to open the the icon up so it, and it's all very like gritty darker colors that you're that you're using cuz we're kind of thinking of it like you know we're starting here and we're building the icon up towards god so so you kind of get this sort of you know as you get closer and closer to god your your highlights become finer and finer and and by highlights i mean like representing light and not shadow. So you're just kind mm. of, you're kind of building it up. Um, so then the, the last line to go on is that white line that you see. So that's called the Omega line. So that's the last thing. So that kind of closes the icon. Uh-huh. So that's the last part of the, you know, the last thing that I paint is just this. Um, and it's basically just reminds us of where we came from, which is that white gesso just that plain blank you know slate of the of the icon so we're remembering that and it's the alpha and omega line so that that i love that's my favorite part of just mm. the it's just and then like you maybe not all icons have this but a lot of them do and so you'll notice it if you if you walk around or you just look online at icon icons just look up like orthodox icons you'll see that uh, that many of them have this red and white line. Mm. Yeah, and it's just so beautiful. Mm. Yeah. So um, they also we also put the clay out here because it's kind of like the, it's the body. You know, it's like mm. the body of the icon. Um, there's a little in. Not all of them have this, so I've done them with this and I've done them without it. But you see how it's recessed? Mm. Yes. It's like carved out.
0: Yeah. So it
2: just it it's just to it it's practical in that it protects the image. But the symbolism behind that is just that we have an inside and an outside, like our inner, our spirits and our and our outside bodies. So it's kind of this this relationship. And there's always something that will come out onto the border. Mm-hmm. Um, and my teacher told me that this is this is evangelization. So we can be these, you know, we are these beautiful things, but we have to remember to come out uh side mm. and to and as I, I'm a, I, I I tend towards um being an introvert in some in, in many ways I'm a little bit of both an extrovert and an introvert but but it's a good reminder for me to like okay you can be introverted but like you have to like come out and share it you know? <laughs> and talk to people about things but um but you can kind of see how the yeah. the halo almost always comes out and then the incensor is poking out on the bottom there, do you guys see that? Mm. It's so oh, tiny.
1: Yes. Not yes. the best
2: example, but no, yeah.
1: I see what you say. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, what else? I guess I could say something about the the way that it's lit is also very different. Ah. So, So, um, so picture. I have some examples of like. Oh, I have this out. too. This is the uh, the Annunciation painting that's actually this much bigger. You know, visually <laughs> sure. that just. part of her you can kind of see that there's in western art there's a light source um so you know that the light is coming from a certain a certain area right this is like how we experience things just walking around planet earth we have the light from the sun this is how we we see things right um in iconography the light's actually coming from within so it's very very different and that's why they kind of they tend to look flat because we Mm. read them as like, where's the light? Where, like, where's the light source? But it's actually, the light source is coming from inside the person, which is God, God living in them. Mm. And it cuts through like a sword or like a facet to a diamond. It's this sort of cutting through um, from the person's very bones. It's coming out from their clothes. Yeah. And you can see it kind of, kind of, I kind of think of it as like um like a hot burning coal where it's like, red on the inside and as it gets closer to the outside, it almost darkens a little bit, mm. you know, mm. but it's just, it's that kind of, you know, um, so you can kind of see, um, you can kind of see what I mean where, you know, the light source, yeah. you're not, it's not coming from here. It's not coming from here. So they tend to look flat, but once you look closer, you can kind of see the person is glowing. You yeah. know, you can see that <laughs> their bone structure is coming through. Um, yeah, and this is an angel, so it's a, it's a tiny bit different, but, um, yeah. 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 So that's another, I think that's another thing that's helpful when you're viewing an icon, just to know those, just even those few things just kind of helps you. I I mean, gosh, the appreciation level just goes up way high once you start Mm. learning about Mm. things. I mean, that's with Mm. all things, isn't it? You're just kind of like, wow, I didn't, you know, I
0: didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do um, in the Patreon section of this episode, for those that are watching and listening, Elizabeth's going to go through a meditation of the nativity icon that you've written as well. Um, And so for those who are on our Patreon, you can follow through with that. But perhaps we can just use that icon for a moment, Elizabeth, if you wouldn't mind also sharing a couple of things that our community can um, perhaps take away to meditate during yeah. this Advent season as we're preparing oh, for Christmas. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, so this is the, this is the image that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and this is, so again, this is, this is a visual Canon. So you, if you look up, if you Google nativity icons, a lot of them will look very similar to this, but this is just one that I, that I created, um, and i because there were certain things there were certain aspects that i saw in a bunch of different nativity icons that i really wanted to pull together and i wanted to highlight certain things and so um, it it was it was a real honor to do this i mean it really the the original one i forget how big it is but it's 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 sizable um, mm-hmm. and somebody uh, somebody owns it in denver but um so i think one thing you could take away from this image which Um, I find to be like the, the, the deepest part for me is that, so this is the nativity icon. Okay. So Mary is, uh, you know, I don't know how much you can see on the screen, but Jesus is in a tomb. So you'll see this often Mm. in nativity icons Um, and even in some Western art. If you look up, there's some awkward moments where like baby Jesus is on the floor and Mary's like looking at him. And it's just this unnatural looking like, why Mm. is he on the floor? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it's just to it's just to represent that Jesus was born to die for us. Mm. So he's in he's literally wrapped in linen like he like he was when he died. Um, and he's literally in a tomb like we placed him when he died. but but it's this it just shows that he was born for this. This was his mission. Um he came here to die for our sins. And so at this moment, you know, she's given birth to him, but she's also on some level mourning the loss of him already, you know. Um, the, I, what I love about this, too, is that um, he's born into a cave right so a lot of icons like they don't show it as like um a little cute stable um and actually what they've they've done some research and they know that some of the early um stables were caves Mm -hmm. Uh so it's very possible that this is was actually the scene um when it's funny because this is the image that's been handed down this is a very Mm. old image so it's like well maybe it was you know it's they knew what they were doing they didn't just make it up you know so um but it's so black and i the what i love about this image is that he he comes into the darkest parts of us and he and he comes and he brings light and he comes and he saves us in those places that smell of sheep dung and smell of donkey and you know and they're awful yeah. and it's like he that's where he came he came into the the nastiest places and brought light the light of the star you know the christmas star and um and the be- beautiful the beauty of the holy family and the simplicity of the holy family brought that into the worst part you know um he he chose not to be born in a castle um, and that's remarkable. I mean, that really, I would have chosen, I mean, shoot, <laughs> I would have a nicer studio for myself. Like, and that's just like a studio. It's not like where I was born, you know? Yeah. Um, but I would, I would have chosen the the, the better, the fancier path, but, but, but he didn't, you know? Cool. Um, so I just love that. So um, also just this, you know, the breaking through of time and space, like God became mm. man. We tend to make it so cute, and it's <laughs> okay. okay I mean, fine, make it cute, make it, make it a little nativity play with your kids so they can experience the the beauty of the nativity. Fine, but don't stay there. Don't stay uh, there. Like, stop and see that the 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 gravity of this moment of God becoming man, becoming a bit. Ba- I mean, that just if it just blows <laughs> your mind. God became man. He didn't have to do that. And here he is. So I just, you know, it's this breaking through of like rock and space and cave and time and and a virgin's womb. And like, I mean, it just, you know, it's it's just incredible. So I, I hope that that comes across. But it's just, you know, yeah. I think that, um, yeah, it's really easy to leave the nativity in a sort of
0: cute zone. Yes, oh.
1: yes, yes. It is. It is. That's yeah.
2: right. It's
0: less. It's less confronting when it's that way. <laughs> we don't. We don't have to enter into it when it's just cute and pretty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and
1: it's. It, it also gives us the false, the false impression. Yeah. You know, uh, um, so it gives us the false impression that we, um, uh, that we understand it, that we comprehend yeah. it, that we've got yeah. it. You know, and uh, yeah. we just don't. Yep. <laughs>
2: yeah. 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 Like, like, like barely at all. Like yeah. yeah. Mm. Like even as like devout Catholics, you know, consecrated, <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> consecrated no. people. I was like,
2: no. oh, I mean, we do, we get glimpses of it. But the reality yeah. is that we just, no idea.
1: In the mm. end, all that we can do is just go, well, love does such things.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And please like, yeah. like be born in the cave of my, like the dark cave yes. of my heart every yeah. year over and over and over again. I need to yeah. just like approach advent that way and approach christmas that way of like jesus you know i believe help my unbelief like it really is very much it's just very much like that isn't it like Mm. if you're being honest it's just oh jesus come and save me again and again and again Mm. yeah yeah um so yeah so but yeah i think that that probably gives a good example right of you know that when you're looking at like um you know Mm. Western versus Eastern, I think it's really obvious. It's really easy to be like, oh yeah, I- iconography and, but really there's just, for... And-, and for Western art too, there's so much that we just blast right past. So I don't think that it's only icons that um, mm. your viewers should stop and pause and just you know really try to to read the image. I think we've forgotten how to read paintings mm. altogether. I think even in in, uh, in museums, I think the average person walks past a painting and spends maybe like, I think it's less than one second in front of each painting. Oh,
0: my.
2: <laughs> yeah. And that's for a patron, right? That's somebody that paid to go into yeah. a museum. So, and it's just not, it, they weren't meant to, that's not what they're meant for, you know? Again, it's like scrolling. It's the same oh, thing. Yeah. like that. It, it's, good, yeah. it's good. It's good. It's <laughs> good. Nice. That's nice. That's nice. right? That's what it does. It yeah. Desensitizes <laughs> us to beauty. Yeah. yeah. But I would just invite everybody to just stop in front of something. Like if something strikes you, if you go to a museum, and and a painting strikes you, how about you just give your like set a timer on your phone and sit in front of it for like five minutes at least, and at mm. best maybe twenty. You know. Maybe an hour if you don't have children. I don't recommend bringing children into museums. But <laughs> I probably, I'm probably on like a board in the Fort Fort Worth Museum in Texas. Like, do not let this woman enter again. <laughs> like, I had two little kids at the time, and like I was like, oh my gosh, what the heck was I thinking? Anyway, yeah,
0: was ambitious, ambitious, <laughs> beautiful. I was like, oh, this will
2: be- Experience for them or not? Not Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. They just wanted to touch everything
0: and I was like sweating. Oh, bless. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us, Elizabeth.
2: Oh, you bet. Thanks for asking me.
0: Yeah, that was beautiful. And for those of you who would like to hear more about the nativity icon, um, Elizabeth's going to talk us through, through a meditation, through that over on our Patreon page. So Mm. please jump over and become a Patreon member to be able to access that for our higher tier, uh, supporters, We've actually received some beautiful small prints of this icon that we're going to send to our higher tier supporters as a thank you um, and as a happy Christmas. You know, Thank you for supporting mm. us throughout this year of our Patreon as well. So thank you so much, Elizabeth, for sending those through to us to be able to share. Oh, you bet. You bet. My pleasure. So I guess to end the episode then, we've got a couple of rapid fire questions, which is what we throw at all of our guests. So just the sort of first thing that comes to mind for you. Um Padre, would you like to start?
1: Hmm. So uh, to start with tea or coffee?
0: Ah. Well, depends on the time of
2: day. Um Ooh. I like tea, though, I think, in all honesty. Coffee gets me out of bed, tea gets me through the rest of the day.
0: Nice. Uh, nice. Fair enough. Nice. Fair enough. Yeah. Well balanced.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. Well balanced. That's right.
2: Yeah.
1: That's right. You've got exclusively coffee. Exclusively not coffee and and then a yeah. well balanced in the middle.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> Most of our guests generally tend to swing one way or another. It's almost like Padre has uh, a right, we've right. got this secret bet going on. I don't I don't know what we're winning at the end oh of this. But, <laughs> oh, no, but
2: I, I wonder if it has something to do with me being an, an introvert and an extrovert yeah. too. It's like yes. Tea and coffee. Yes, yeah. yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Take best of both like worlds. yeah yeah um question two is what's your favorite outing my favorite outing
2: oh I want to say that I love hiking but I because I live in Colorado yeah but I uh Yeah, I think that might be my favorite. I feel like I don't do it often enough. (laughs) It's so close. I feel like I hiked more when I lived in New Jersey because the woods was like right there. Mm. Um, It was literally like I grew up in the woods in New Jersey. And so it was like hiking was just like a daily thing. And in Colorado, it has to be planned because it's like 40 minutes. It's still like 40 Mm. minutes, you know, to yeah, or 20 minutes. It's just not right outside your door, which sounds funny to say, but yeah. Mm. yeah but I love that I just love getting outside and um it's just so it just gets me out of my headspace if I'm in a bad headspace it's like just getting out and seeing God's beauty I mean mm. and just fresh air and sun it just I think mm. it's, a, it's a yeah it's such a cure
1: beautiful yeah. Yeah. uh what's the uh, the most inspiring book you've read recently
2: oh oh uh. I'm a part of a book club and the current book that we're reading is called two old women. And I think it's one of the most inspiring books I've ever read. (laughs) Oh, It's about um, these two old women. (laughs) They're a part of um, a tribe of people living in Alaska and the tribe has run out of food. And what happened back in the day is that they would leave the week behind. I mean, they're really you know, they weren't being mean. They literally were starving. So like people yeah. are barely able to walk, so they can't carry the old. So they'll leave the old behind. So these two old women are left behind mm-hmm. and, um, the, they decide, they make the decision together to survive. And it's, it's remarkable. The story is re- and Apparently it's a true story. It's a legend that's been handed down. Um, with the Alaskan people, so it's, it's really, it's, it's remarkable, oh. it's remarkable, um, um, an Alaskan legend of betrayal, courage, and survival, and it's by Velma Wallace, mm. that's right, I'm so bad with names, I'm really, really bad with names, <laughs> Velma Wallace, it's beautiful, yeah, right. I don't know how it ends yet, I'm
0: hope you know, I'm sure yeah. they die eventually.
2: Be- <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: Um, the next question for you is what is your favorite scripture passage? Oh, mm. that's
2: such a good one. Cause there's so mm. many, mm.
0: or perhaps one that I, you go to frequently I, for meditation. Yeah.
2: I feel like which one that, that I don't go to, but one that comes to me is always oh. all things are possible with God, with God, all things are possible. Um, that one has practically assaulted me several times. <laughs> Sometimes God just wants you to you know, just to remind you over and over and over again that all things are possible. I mean, uh... yeah, my um my conversion story is quite wayward, and so I think that, um, You know, I think he, he probably knew that I needed, uh, I needed that one over and over again of just like, yeah, look what I'm, look what I have done in in your life. I mean, Mm. look what I've done for you, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So not to ever, ever lose hope or, um, think that things are limited or, or, you know, look at, look at things in that way as being limited or not possible or, um, outside of God's providence or his ability um, so I just, yeah, I go back to that one over and over again. Awesome. Yeah.
0: yeah. Good questions.
2: Those um, are a little bit harder than like coffee or tea though.
0: Yeah. Mm. <laughs> they it's are. a false they sense are. of security. Yeah. We start, we start with yeah, a false yeah. sense of security. <laughs> that's
1: right. That's right. We lull you in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah.
2: Uh, uh,
1: well, tell us one thing you love about your family.
2: Lovely. That's a lovely. That's a lovely question. One thing I love about them. Oh, I. There's a lot more than one. <laughs> I love. I love my. Um. So I have a thirteen-year-old, an eleven-year-old, and a seven-year-old. Hmm. And I love seeing their love for my husband. Mm. It's just so it's so remarkable and it's just mm. so pure and it's so trusting and um yeah it's just such a beautiful it just brings everything full circle you know i mean just to see um you know i i just just like we created these little humans and then they're returning that that love you know <laughs> and and they don't have to but like when they do, it's just the most okay. like remarkable, yeah, yeah, it's the most remarkable little thing. But, yeah, but especially direct, the love directed towards my husband, it's just, uh, mm. yeah, it's so gratifying. It's just so it's so gratifying, mm. you know.
0: Beautiful. I like love beautiful. too. I
2: just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. special. Yeah,
0: it is, it is. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah oh thank you so much for joining the podcast episode yes. today elizabeth yes. yeah. this has been wonderful yeah
2: thank you so much wonderful. thanks for having me on what, a, what an honor to talk to you
1: guys oh Likewise. god bless you It's been so beautiful being able to to, to to talk to you when you were speaking about icons i've got like seven <laughs> post-it notes just plastered on my desk of things <laughs> oh. that you've said so so thank you yeah really oh, great, was great stuff yeah. yeah yeah oh
2: praise god that's good yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, maybe you can let us know what your uh, website and social media handles oh, are so that yeah. people can jump over mm-hmm. and have a look at some of your work and how they yeah, can get in contact with you.
2: Um, so my website is elizabethzalasco.com. and I know that's really long. you know, like I could have just been <laughs> like... <laughs> LizArt.com would have been anyway. Um <laughs> Elizabeth Zelasco. Zelasco is uh, Z Zia's in Zebra, E-L-A-S-K-O.com. Yep. Um and on Instagram I think it's like at elisabeth.zelasco. Um but mm-hmm. I'm on there. And it's nice. I really I think social media has done a lot of horrible things for the for for the world, but it's also done a lot of fabulous things too, and mm. it really has been a beautiful thing to share the process of making icons on social media because Mm. people, people love it. They, they, Mm. you know, I think people are on some level just, you know, starving for tradition and beauty. And I think that, um, when they see it, it it rings a bell. And so if I can bring people closer to God through sharing the process of of making beautiful things, I mean, heck I'm going to be there for it. You know, it's going to be,
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, yes. so yeah. go and check out the website. Go and check out some of Elizabeth's work or her social media. Her Instagram page is filled with some beautiful short videos of process yeah. whilst you're creating, which is wonderful to watch as well. Oh, So go check that such out. And
2: music. Oh, my gosh. When I was like – I mean, I'm yeah. a child of the 80s, okay? I was born in 83, so <laughs> – the idea of like making an art video with music, like how fun is that?
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> so <laughs> retro,
1: very eighties, <laughs> so very eighties. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: me, good. I could not have that at my fingertips. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like how cool. I just,
0: I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So go and check that out. Um, yeah. And there was one other thing I was going to say, and I've just blanked on what that was. Happy Advent. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. well, happy Advent, that's right. That's right. Happy Advent, indeed. Yeah. So jump on over to our Patreon page and follow um, as we can continue the conversation here with Elizabeth with the meditation of the Nativity mm. icon. Jump over to Patreon to be able to continue that conversation, watch that conversation over there. But um, we will catch you again next week with another episode. We're not too far away from ending this season of Living Fullness. So a couple of more weeks to go, and then we're at the end of the year. So make sure you check in and tune in for that. But yeah, we will catch you next time. And until then, as always, all our love and prayers. God bless. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Living Fullness. We hope that in this episode there was something useful or helpful or something that blessed your life. If that is the case, would you please consider sharing this podcast with someone? Perhaps who will bless their lives too.
1: Please also subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review so that others can find the podcast too. And join us over on our social media, Living Fullness on Instagram and Virtue Ministry on Facebook.